Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. It's time for the latest on the Brewers, Bucks, and Packers with the Fan Afternoon Show on 1250 AM, The Fan. The Fan Afternoon Show back on the air once again. Kevin Holden. Uh, stepping in here all this week, uh, you know me from my day job at CBS 58, but uh, just snuck in here when they weren't looking. Sammy was Sammy was looking at something on the computer, and I just sat down in the chair and said, let's go. Yeah, we'll figure it out. It's usually how Rami and I did. We just winged it. You know, no <laughs> plan. Some say that's the best plan. <laughs> really? Honestly, Brett Favre made a whole career out of that. I Very mean, true. It's, it's true, right? <laughs> Very true. So uh, Sam and I, and, and of course the rest of you, have been eagerly anticipating uh, this next Brewers game, and we're going to talk a lot of Brewers here to, to begin the show. We do have a lot going on in this show, but but specifically we'll start with the Brewers because that was a Sunday afternoon game. They didn't play Sunday night. They didn't play all day Monday. They're not playing a day game Tuesday. So we're talking more than 48 hours between games. It's nice for rest for the players, but it's a little tough for us. Like we, we're ready to go, man. Let's get a game going. So they're going to do that. They'll be in Tampa tonight to, to uh, face the Tampa Bay Rays. That'll be fun. Yeah. I mean, like the Blue Jays, I mean, it's been, what, since the Jose, Jose Bautista, Edwin Encarnacion days back in 2017? Like, when's the last time we just actually played the Rays? Never, you know, forget about home and away. I can't remember. It feels like it's been forever. It It, it literally might be. It might be like four or five years. Was Brett Phillips even in the league at that point? <laughs> Probably <laughs> now, not. Now look at him. Now Brett Phillips is a rock star. That's right. Brett Phillips tonight. Oh, yeah. Revenge game for Brett oh, Phillips. Oh, man. G-Man Choi, who, by the way, if you haven't been paying attention to the Tampa Bay Rays this year, G-Man Choi is knocking the cover off the ball this year. Is he really? So good for him, though. I was like, G-Man Choi, yeah. He's betting like 280-something and got a bunch of RBIs as well. So he's he's like their third or fourth hitter this year in the lineup. That's Wild. I know, right? Tampa has a way. It's funny because that to me, the Rays are the American League version of the Brewers in that they they play in what would not be considered a large market by the standards of, you know, it's not an LA or a New York or a Chicago or whatever. So they don't have the same amount of money to spend, but they have found these ways to approach the game to value players. Uh, you know, to do things differently. Uh, they, there's yeah. a lot of, you know, spin rates and weird usages of pitching and stuff like that, and it's working. They're just like the Brewers and the Houston Astros and a lot of these organizations where they can find talent and they just find them out of nowhere and develop them. But here's the thing. I think the Rays, I know the Brewers are, you know, probably have the best, like, pitching staff in all of baseball, and part of the reason is because they developed it and tweaked a lot of these guys using that pitching lab, which one of these days I'm going to figure out what the hell they're doing in that pitching lab. <laughs> but... I think the Rays are probably the best organization for everything. I mean, whenever the Rays make a trade, a lot of people are like, oh, cool, yeah, we got this guy, and then the Rays get you know some guy I've never heard of or some prospects and all that. But usually, nine times out of ten, if the Rays are getting somebody in a trade, 
they got the better end of the deal. Because, I mean, we forget about the Austin Meadows trade before the season began. Now this Isaac Paredes, I hope I'm saying his name right, mm-hmm. he's hitting walk-off hits these last couple weeks against the Pirates and all that. And then, uh, I mean, even though Willie Adamas trade, like, yeah, it benefited the Brewers. But J.P. Fireisen, who right now is unfortunately injured, has been lights out in the bullpen this year. They stretched out Drew Rasmussen to a starter. Yep. The Rays are just so good at developing. Like even when they were at the World, even when they were in the World Series a couple of years ago, how many guys could you name on that team aside right. from like Blake Snell? And then Randy Rosarena came out of nowhere. And that's another one. A former St. Louis Cardinal right. prospect that they got. I forget which trade that was. But yeah, the Rays are just something to behold when it comes to finding and developing talent. And you know, a lot of it. It's got a lot of Brewers, Tampa Bay Rays connections in the series because Matt Arnold, obviously, former Tampa Bay Ray guys. So I'm just, I'm just fascinated by the organization and what they do. It'll be fun to see Brett Phillips again because something is going to happen Brett Phillips-wise. Even though the Brewers are there for a night and a day and they're gone, like it's, it's the fastest series of the year, I still know that Brett Phillips is going to make his mark on this thing somehow. There's no doubt about that. He's Brett Phillips. He's... He, he can't help but make his mark on it. You would hope that one of these games, my ultimate dream in this series, in this two-game series, is that the Brewers in one of these games just somehow you know, keep pick up where they left off with the offense on Sunday and blow the Rays out, and then Brett Phillips has to pitch. Yes. Because that is – you talk about Shohei, Shohei Otani being the best you know, show in baseball. Brett Phillips, when that guy is pitching as a position player, it's the greatest thing ever. It's – I mean, honestly, I, I'm – for me, I've got a I've got a different feeling about Brett Phillips because he was involved in what is easily the most viral moment of my career. Oh, it's right, the laugh. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, and that was the crazy thing about the laugh. I so said we were in spring training, and you know, I get the vid or whatever, and I I knew it was going to be big because the set like right after it happened, like literally it happened, and Will Smith walked up to me, the, the old uh, relief yeah. pitcher walked up to me, and was like, "It's my number, send that to me." I'm like, okay, so. We go on to they go on to practice. We go on to cover practice. Usually during that time, where they're shooting a lot of a lot of video because it's a spring training practice. You can get close, so there's a lot of attention to hey, we need shots of this player, this player, right? So we get focused, and during the two or three hours of the practice, we, I don't know, we had eight or ten or twelve likes, whatever it was. It had a little movement, and then Sam Decker got it and retweeted yeah. it, and boom. I mean, I had to I just shut the notifications off. I couldn't yeah, get my work done. Yeah, because literally, when one of your tweets goes viral, it's just boom, you know, 100, 100 more likes, 100 more likes, 100 more retweets, it's just nonstop. It's so crazy. But that team was so lovable back in the day. Right? Such. I mean, this this team right now for the Brewers, too, like they still have Willie Adamas, a lot of guys to root for, and they're having fun. They have the, they have the, the bell and the infinity gauntlet glove now, but that team with Brett Phillips, Orlando Arcia, Hernan Perez, Jesus Aguilar – and we were in the we were in the locker room for a lot of those games too. Afterwards, just such good team chemistry with those guys back in the day. And remember uh, that that it capped that that era capped with Curtis Granderson coming in. Yeah. And oh my goodness, I don't know if I've ever seen a, a late season acquisition who was so good at galvanizing. It wasn't that Curtis Granderson was some sort of rah rah speech guy either. He just been there, done that. Yeah, yeah. they just they they pulled around him. And they all, the other players started talking like him during those interviews in late in 2018 in the postseason. Because he had this way of, like, if you were to say, you know, Grandy, is there any, you know, if you lose this game or if you do whatever, is there any sort of concern? Is there any trepidation? And he would just respond, nope. And then he'd pause and then he'd give you the answer, right? And that became a thing. Like, the, there were other Brewers players who would do that. Just messing with you guys? Yeah. Like, you're, <laughs> you know, I, do, you, do you feel like you're, you know, this, is this pitch something that, you, that you're a little nervous to throw in this situation because they hit it up last game? Nope. Wow. <laughs> but talk about Curtis Granderson. That's one of those guys that I never would have imagined being in a Brewer uniform. Right. And he was. Along with uh, Gio Gonzalez, same night. I forgot about that. Wow. And that that was the thing about it was, you know, these days Stearns has become known for uh, trying to acquire talent without spending a lot of money, right? There's been a lot of Brock Holtz and Eric Sogards and McCutcheons and so on. But remember that 2018 postseason, he swung at everything that moved, man. Everything. Jonathan Scope, Mike Moustakis. I mean, and Scopey didn't pan out, but the rest of them. Oh, man. I mean, we're all obviously scarred from Jonathan Scope, but do not bring up Jonathan Scope with Bart Winkler. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. by the way, he's on today with yeah. us at 4.30. 
So you're saying I should bring up Jonathan Scope? <laughs> Maybe. Find a way. <laughs> Poke the bear. It's always fun. Uh, wish we could get uh, one or two of those bats added into this current Brewers lineup because it's been our topic of conversation daily pretty much since April, and it's going to be the conversation pretty much daily for the season because the Brewers have pitching as long as they're healthy. But how close are they to the offense you would like to see them have? I, I think that's an important bar here, right? So our basically taking us into our first topic is one bat. If the Brewers go get one bat, if it's a, if it's a good, strong, let's say, center fielder, is that enough? Is it enough to, to put that offense at the level you'd like it to be? I'm not talking about making them the best offense in the game but I'm talking about making them a good offense, making them a, a you know workable, serviceable offense, one that's going to win a ton of games because they also have pitching. So 414-799-1250, one bat. If the Brewers got you one at the deadline, is that enough? Sparky answered it before the show. Yeah, Sparky was definitely prepared for that. <laughs> he, he like Even before I asked the question, he said it. He's like, they need two or three. They right. really do. And – but that's what wrong. surprised me. I mean, he he brought up a lot of good stats about this Brewers team. If you guys didn't hear, like about twenty minutes ago, he's saying how they were what fourth in the league with uh, you know runners in scoring position, which blew me away. I wouldn't expect that because right. it feels like they're just still home run or nothing. Sunday you got a little taste of small ball, but yeah, I mean you look at a lot of the categories aside from average and on base percentage, which is down in all the league. But yeah, they're like fourth in home runs. They're up there in a lot of these categories, but they still feel like just that all-or-nothing offense and you know I hear all those stats from Sparky I'm like oh okay so like yeah we should be giving them more credit and then you ask the question he's he's still like oh yeah two three bats away not one (laughs) so it's yeah I mean it's a very it's a very controversial thing because we can find ways to praise this offense but at the end of the day it was always going to be a team surrounded by pitching and defense and run prevention it wasn't going to be an offense like the Yankees or all these other great teams in baseball right now, the top offenses. Even you look over the other side and that Toronto Blue Jays team, when they're right, I mean, they can put up eight, ten runs a game. And the Brewers, I I would have to look up the stat. Like It's probably been a long time since they had a game like that where they scored that many runs, probably since the Cincinnati Reds series. Yeah, other than Sunday, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I just think either way, like, this this offense definitely has room for improvement, and whether that be just getting healthy and staying healthy for all these guys, and you just got Colt Wong back today too, by the way. I think you know, it's it can't hurt to add another bat, and a lot of us were all, always assuming that they were going to add one before the season even began. Yeah, but we'll talk about it a little more probably after this break here. But like, yeah, they probably need to add a bat. But you look at this market too, and we'll bring up some names for you guys. That Kurt Hogue had a really good piece in the Journal Sentinel today. Might not be a guy, you know, as as Rami and I would say, a dude out there. Not not that dude. There may yeah. be guys out there, but there's not a dude right. to add to this Brewers lineup. So we'll we'll see. We'll maybe talk about it after the break here. It's not, not not a Mike Mustakis. Yeah, I mean he was huge. Yeah, at, at the time, yeah, Mike Mustakis was a dude. Yasmani Grandal was a dude, he but was. we'll we'll talk about some of these options. I mean, it's not. I think we all have this idea in our head of last year's trade deadline and we talked about a little bit yesterday but like all these triple a names guys that you know who are like franchise players there's like maybe one or two out there in this trade deadline so we all think they need to add a bat but when you look at these guys that are out there like adding one of those guys like is that enough i don't know yeah that's and i think that's there's your there's your topic right you add one of those guys is it enough Four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty. it is the fan afternoon show at the Lakeland University Studios, coming to you live here. And uh, Lakeland University offers co-op credit for work experience. Learn your way at lakeland.edu. Is one bat enough to bolster this Brewers offense to where you want to see them? 414-799-1250. Back with the Fan Afternoon Show after this. The Fan Afternoon Show. Thanks for listening. Kevin Holden from CBS 58 stepping in here for the week. The Fan Afternoon Show brought to you in part by News Nation. You want the news without the noise? News Nation is news for all of America, reporting all sides, no spin, and no agendas. Go to newsnationnow.com slash join us to find News Nation on your television provider. So I think part of our question, Sam, that we've posted here, that we've we've brought forth to the listeners about is one bat enough to make you feel happy with where the Brewers' offense is, I think it's important probably to figure out which one bat we're talking about because if that bat was Aaron Judge, then sure, 
you'd find a way, you know? Right. But it ain't going to be Aaron Judge. Right. There's no Anthony Rizzo's, no Javier Baez, no Chris Bryant available at this trade deadline, unfortunately, this year. And I, I won't give away all the names that Kurt Hogue wrote about because then I'd be, you know, just basically giving his article away for free. <laughs> so you should definitely check it out. But a few of them that we're, we've been talking about already kind of thrown out there for names the past couple weeks, but there are some that I didn't even really think about. And the first one that I didn't, haven't really thought about for this trade deadline, but I feel like this name is always out there every year, is Trey Mancini of the Baltimore Orioles. Mm-hmm. And the thing with Mancini is he's got a player option for next year, but it sounds like he is definitely going to opt out of that and become a free agent after this year. Uh-huh. So Mancini is essentially a rental because he wants to get his big contract after this year. And that's the thing Sparky was talking about too. And when we talk about are these guys enough if you just bring in one of them, but a lot of these guys are all like first basemen and guys that could, if you stretch them out, you could throw them in like the corner outfield positions. Right. But that means you're relying on Tyrone Taylor more as your center fielder. And you have to put in one of these guys in the DH. And then maybe if you want, you could like experiment with Andrew McCutcheon in center field and stuff like that. But Mancini would definitely be an upgrade. The guy's got a 283 batting average, I think, the last time I checked. And he can hit for power, obviously, which is, I mean, 283 in a Brewers lineup. My goodness. It looks like Ted Williams compared to all the other guys in the lineup. Bad third and fifth, if you could. Right. Um, so Mancini would be an interesting one. But the thing is, though, like, is that enough to put this offense over the edge? Because I heard a lot of the stats we were talking about in the last segment. It's it it's great, but at the end of the day, like, is that enough? Those stats that we're talking about, the home, you know, fourth and home runs up there in OPS. And I can bring up some more too in a couple minutes. But is that enough though in the playoffs when you're going up against tougher pitching on other teams? I don't know. Yeah, that's that's a really good, and that's that. The only thing about the difference between the Brewers' regular season and the Brewers' postseason is this year, there are a ton of games against the Pirates and Reds and Cubs because we're still in the unbalanced schedule. It'll change next year, but there's a lot of Pittsburgh and Cincinnati and Chicago in your schedule, and then you get to the postseason, and there is no Pittsburgh or Cincinnati or Chicago in the postseason. Doesn't yeah. exist. And okay, so another name. So Trey Mancini, I think we both agree would be nice. Oh yeah, but probably not enough. Um, the other guy now here's right up David Stern's alley because you know when he trades for a guy, he loves to have team control for multiple years. Truth. And this one's in division, so you might have to pay a little bit more of a price. But Brian Reynolds of the Pittsburgh Pirates was also thrown out there by Kurt Hogue, who has a couple of years of control after this season, and Brian Reynolds. Kind of a great all-around player. Yeah. Has the batting average, can hit for power here and there too. Similar to what Adam Frazier did for him last year. To me, that would be a great upgrade for the Brewers. You can play center field as well. And I think too that that one might that one might be enough because then you could keep Rowdy Telez in the third spot. You could keep Hunter Renfro fourth. Maybe you do something Willie Adamas, but Brian Reynolds, I don't know where you put him in the lineup, but yeah, I was just thinking that. I think I think that definitely helps the Brewers' offense more than I think adding a, a guy who hits more for average is kind of what they need. Right, but I don't know. I think I think out of all the names, like that one made my ears perk up, and then also hearing about the team control, I was like, that might do it. Yeah, that's pretty good. And the Pirates, the Pirates have this thing where they will move players. You know, there are teams that that will trade players bef- right before free agency, like a year before that. The A's used to do it all the time. Yeah. And but the Pirates sometimes trade guys even earlier than that. They don't even want to mess with the arbitration or whatever. So uh, that's something that can uh, that can work in, in the in the Brewers' favor. And I'm with you. I'm a I'm a big Brian Reynolds fan. He is a, a mix of a lot of different things. Just a battler as a player, a really good hitter. Mm-hmm. And he's another one of these that that whenever the Brewers face him, he seems to be on, and so I'm sure that helps Always. the eye test. Brewer right? killer as well, yeah. So you kind of figured like he would, tra- he would probably translate well into American Family Field. Now there were a couple other expiring contracts that were names I didn't really think about, but maybe the Brewers could knock on the door. This is also another in division one. The Cincinnati Reds is Brandon Jury, yeah, more of a corner infield guy, but you could probably throw him out there in a corner outfield spot as well. Yeah. And hitting for power and all that. That one though, that's kind of what we're talking about. Where if you trade for one of these guys, that's that's not moving the needle all that much for the Brewers' offense. We're talking about in the playoffs. Does that help them get them over to the edge and actually like put them into World Series contention right. offensively? Right. And 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 Drury is probably not that guy. I mean, no. I just don't think that's that's the case. There are a couple of guys there that that would work well, but yeah, it's weird. There's a there's a very interesting combination for this Brewers team of 
an offensive need, but a position need that may be different from the offense. I mean, you the puzzle pieces have to fit. Right? Yeah, there, there's very few guys that are like center fielders, right? Like true center fielders that have played that position for a majority of their career. A lot of these guys, like okay, well, they're you know corner outfielders. Maybe you can move them. Like Brian Reynolds isn't really a center fielder, but you could stretch him out there, and he's probably more comfortable than like we were talking about like a Tyrone Taylor and all that. Right. So. That's one of them. Another guy, this is the same thing, though. First baseman, DH, corner outfield guy. And really, there's two guys on this team. And Josh Bell was thrown out there by Kurt Hogue. But a lot of people have also been talking about Nelson Cruz, who's also an expiring contract for the Nationals. Oh, boy. So maybe you could, in a deal with the Washington Nationals, get Josh Bell and Nelson Cruz. Oh. Put one of them in. You know, that's, I don't know if you can do that, though. I mean, you could do it. You, you put, just you put Josh Bell in one of the corner outfield spots. You move and you know platoon Renfro or, or McCutcheon or somebody in those outfield spots. You put uh, Josh Bell in right field. Roddy Telez at first base, and then I assume Nelson Cruz is obviously your DH, DH full time. Yeah, but that's probably going to be when you talk about and we're all talking about like well maybe not one bat but two or three bats. Those Nationals guys might be enough. Oh yeah. So if you had if you had Josh Bell and Nelson Cruz, if you could somehow pull both of those guys off and add them to the offense, I mean, you're really going to have to, you know, jinga together this offense. You're really going to have to play play a game of Twister to get these guys positions. But man, that's a that's a different kind of offense. I mean, honestly, Josh Bell is good enough that that you might see less of Rowdy Telez. And and that's not necessarily what you want because Telez has been terrific, but it, it might have to happen if you have that option in-house. And with Nelson Cruz taking the DH at bats, I'd see less of McCutcheon, I would think. We have a couple more names to throw out there, but real quick, if you guys want to chime in, you can tweet us at 1250MTheFan or you can call 414-799-1250. Brian on Twitter says, I think so. He's talking about, are they one bat away? He says, I think so. But that big bat isn't out there this year like we've been talking about. He says he's, he'd also like Brian Reynolds and maybe throw in Jose Quintana in there as well. Yeah. But he's having a, he's not having a great year or Drury third, but he has no real track record. Quote, that dude, as we were talking about. That dude. Just isn't out there this year, unfortunately. Yeah, that's that's the unfortunate thing is th- this would be the year to move all your chips in oh. and get whoever if it wasn't a Chicago. Like They tried to get Chris Bryant, but unfortunately the Cubs just didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that if there was a year to do it, this would be the year. But man, it's just not the trade market this year. It doesn't mesh. Right, it does not mesh. And there have been plenty of years with plenty of third basemen and center fielders that would fit. It just, it just hasn't been the case. One thing, the, the only thing really that would add something to this trade market is some team in Major League Baseball falling apart over the next three weeks. Let's say. Oh man. So and You're I'm reading not- my mind. <laughs> That's, Are you going where I think you're going? <laughs> you add, you can add to the pot. You can take away a buyer and potentially add a seller if a certain team flops over the next three weeks, right? But that team's got to flop. Like you can't. That's something you can't bank on. That's something that may come to you. You have a specific team in mind, I think. I do, and because um, right now they would have a wild card spot with the expanded playoffs, but. They're in the AL East, and that is a tough division with the Yankees and Toronto Blue Jays. Oh, yeah. And uh, J.D. Martinez, Sparky and I have been talking about it for a while. J.D. Martinez is a rental for this year. Man. And, I mean, if you talk if you talk about in this trade market adding just one guy, J.D. Martinez is enough. Yeah. But that's the thing is, like, everything has to go wrong for the Boston Red Sox, who were a team that were just in the ALCS last year with a roster that – aside from Martinez and Rafael Devers and Xander Bogarts, just added Trevor Story. Right. So I just don't – it would have to go real bad for the Red Sox to start to sell some of these guys. And also, too, Xander Bogarts is a free agent after this year. And oh, I think wow. I think them bringing in Trevor Story kind of like is their, them showing their hand like Trevor Story is our succession plan for Xander Bogarts if we can't bring him back on a deal. Hmm. So that's another one out there, too. Toby and I were talking about, like, I don't think you can rule out – or I don't think you should just be focused on – outfielder or dh for the brewers like if you can find a guy who is also another infielder like a third baseman or shortstop yeah then hey like bring him in but willie you know you can move him to dh you can flip-flop these guys or whatever so i don't think like ruling a third baseman or shortstop is out of the question either i agree i I think third base is a nice position to improve on it's yeah it's uh you know nothing against 
Jace Peterson, who had a great game Sunday, nothing against Mike Brasso or anybody like that, or, or Urias once he's at third. Uh, those are good options. But again, you're pushing it, uh, an offense toward a championship level. That's the thing you want to do. You yeah. want to push that thing toward a championship level. And J.D. Martinez does it just simply with his addition. For, I mean, uh, positions completely aside. Yeah. Because uh, there's, I mean, obviously just a great hitter, but he would be a terrific hitter at American Family Field. Oh, you know, man. David Stearns loves those lefty bats. Absolutely. And, I mean, he'd obviously be a DH, but that's fine. You can just keep routing the lineup every day. So, yeah, J.D. Martinez would easily fit in this Brewers team. But, yeah, that that's my – every every Brewer fan, every Bucks fan has that one guy in free agency or the trade deadline that they want, but it's probably never going to happen. That's my one, you know, like make-a-wish with J.D. Martinez, <laughs> essentially. And I mean, then on he fa- changes it. At, on Facebook, real quick, uh, Travis says they are two to three bats away. They aren't close, so – a little on the pessimistic side with Travis there. Yeah, I mean that's that's like Sparky, right? Sparky thought yeah. the same. Like it's probably two to three bat. Like I still feel like they, there's some combination of things that could happen here. In other words, the Brewers could trade for one good bat, and we would still be talking about the offense because it would go through these dry spells. That's that's the thing though, and I'm wondering if they have this you know, supernova hot stretch in them that we just haven't seen or is probably going to come in the second half of the season after the All-Star break, I, I think they have it in them because we saw that when they got Willie Adamas last year. Yeah, I think they have a streak like that in them, Yeah, but we just haven't seen it, and maybe it's because they don't have that guy or maybe it's because you know they aren't healthy all at the same time and they haven't had time to gel as an offense. You, know, you haven't had like Colton Wong, Hunter Renfro, Andrew McCutcheon, and I'm forgetting Luis Arias and Willie Adamas, they've only played four games together. Man, that's crazy. So I mean, maybe they, maybe it's just the health thing, but yeah, I'm I'm just waiting for them to have that super hot stretch. But I think I, I think as we stand right now, like we would both agree, this this offense is still good enough to get you into the playoffs. But is it good enough to beat some of these other teams? And you got to go up against tougher pitching. Our last uh, name that I wanted to throw out to you, Kevin from via Kurt Hoag's piece in the Journal of Sentinel. Once again, go check it out. I won't spoil all the names. But I didn't really think about this one. And if you're watching baseball, this man's been hitting the cover out of the ball, or off the ball. 17 home runs this year for Colorado Rockies, first baseman slash DH, C.J. Crone. Yeah, right. And I didn't think about C.J. Crone until you look at his contract. He signed a two-year deal before this year. Okay. So essentially he would have just one more year after this year. So not totally a rental. But something the Colorado Rockies, I don't think they're locked into. And they're going to be competing with the Dodgers, the Giants, the Padres. I mean, I'm sorry, but I don't think they're going to get a wild card spot. So right. I think the I think the Rockies, if they can get a prospect or two, or even, I don't want to do it, but I think you throw in a guy like Keston Hira or Tyrone Taylor, those guys would flourish with everyday at-bats. And C.J. Crone would definitely be... I think C.J. Crone would be closest to, you know, like a J.D. Martinez, Brian Reynolds, as far as all these guys at the trade deadline. That could actually make a real impact with just one bat adding to that Brewers lineup. He could, he can hit. He can, man. And and maybe it's maybe it's just Coors Field this year. I don't know, but he's definitely he definitely has the eye this year. Hit with Minnesota before that. He, you know, he's he's been a hitter in his big league career, a good power hitter, and that's that kind of bat that you could use in the middle of the order. The other thing that does, and this is this is a little bit intriguing. So if you have CJ Crone and Rowdy Telez on the same roster, mm-hmm. then you wouldn't it wouldn't be a standard platoon in that one would play and one would sit. Right. But it might be a platoon that gives both of them time to have their bodies rest literally playing first base. Yeah. Not that playing first base is you know look, it's there's phys- it's there it's demanding. It's just right. not that kind of like shortstop physically demanding. But if you could split that time. Well, this is the first year really in the David Stearns era that we've had an everyday first baseman with Rowdy mm-hmm. Telez, and it's mainly because Keston here just hasn't been able to hit right. all that consistent. <laughs> but I think, you know, David Stearns would totally be open to the idea of going back to that lefty righty platoon split. Yeah. And I think with the DH, like yeah, one of them has to play first base here and there, but with the DH, like at least you're keeping those guys in the lineup every day. That's it's really good. And the other thing it does, and this this has been a, a concern to me that Hunter Renfro was is such an important bat because he's right-handed mm-hmm. and I you know, I, I'm trying I'm going through teams in the league and what they have in terms of pitching, especially the ones that would be the greatest threat to the Brewers. And you and you think about, you know, Freed in Atlanta, and you think about Kershaw in Los Angeles. There's there yeah. are going to be tough lefties that you'll go through 
to to try to win it once you reach the playoffs. Like that that's you bolstering yourself against lefties, which CJ Crone to me would would do. Like he'll, yeah. he'll help you against everybody, but lefties, he's a special guy. I mean, if you go up against the Dodgers, you're gonna have to deal probably with Kershaw and Julio Arias, right? Alone, two lefties there. You know, if it's the Padres, you've got Snell. I, I mean, they've been they've lagged a yeah. little bit this year. He's been up. Isn't Musgrove a lefty too? Yep. So there's a couple in that rotation. I mean, the Phillies, they just got Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler. Those are both righties. Right. So they're kind of out of the picture. I don't think the Giants really have any lefties, like premier lefties. Uh, Mets, I can't really think of any. No, no. They're all righties. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like the upper echelon of teams, like you said, the Max Freed with the Braves and all that, the upper echelon, you're going to have to go up against some lefties. So, yeah, bringing in CJ Crone. I didn't. That's that's what's great about this Kurt Hogue piece. There's some names that like you talk about rentals and all that, but you look at some other contracts. Like I didn't even think about CJ Crone, and I'm seeing him every night on MLB Network, just launching a home run or two every night. Well, maybe that's the Coors Field thing, you know, playing in Colorado. But I think that would definitely translate well into American Family Field. Yeah, why not? He so could, he could help. If we're talking about realistic guys, because I don't know if getting Brian Reynolds in this division is going to be all that realistic. <laughs> Brewers have, would have probably have to give up a haul compared to some of these other teams, but I think C.J. Crone might be the closest thing to a realistic option that we're talking about one bat. That might be it. That might that might be good enough. Affordable enough and good enough to make a difference. Yeah, because when we started this topic and when I started like, thinking about today, I was like, I, I think like with all these guys out there, like yeah, it's just probably going to be two to three. I think whoever you bring in, like it'll definitely help, but it's probably not going to be enough unless the pitching is just you know lights out huh. and we only have to score like one or two runs a game. But CJ Crone might be the closest thing to being like, well, you could convince me that bringing in one guy could make a dramatic difference. <laughs> so it'd be a good one to have, that's for sure. Uh, folks, join in on this one. Are the Brewers one bat away from being the offense you'd like to see? Or will it take more than one bats? Uh, 414-799-1250. This is the Fan Afternoon Show. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, more right after this. The Fan Afternoon Show. 12.50 a.m. The Fan. Folks, thanks for tuning in and staying tuned in. Kevin Holden from CBS 58 stepping in here for the week. Sam Schmitz behind the controls. This show brought to you in part by News Nation. Want the news without the noise? News Nation is news for all of America. Reporting all sides, no spin, no agendas. Go to newsnationnow.com slash join us to find News Nation on your television provider. So we're talking Brewers, and they're going to face the Rays a little bit after 6 o'clock tonight, the first of two very quick games in Tampa Bay. A couple of weird things that go on in Tampa Bay 
get that crowd of 14,000 even when they're playing against good teams. Have you been to that stadium, Tropicana yeah. Field? Yep. I covered. Uh, I worked in Florida before here, so I covered oh. games there for a little while. I did not know that. Briefly. Is that is the stadium as bad as they say it is? Yes. Okay. <laughs> because I've I've heard too about the the roof. Not only is it kind of like the old uh, Metrodome, like with the white roof and all that, that it, you know, fly balls get lost here and there. But don't they have like rings too with like the catwalks and all that, where it's like if it hits this part, yep. it's a home run. But if it hits this part of the catwalk, it's a fair ball. Like yep. it, I don't I don't get it. It's an entirely new set of ground rules that you have to memorize for the stuff above the playing surface. Man, and and so. The, the real quick, the the quick story on it is that in the '80s, there baseball was not as financially successful, and there were a handful of franchises that were struggling a little bit. Uh, and Tampa Bay thought that they could get a head start by building the stadium first, and then bringing the team in. And the Giants were the team that people thought were going to go there at first of all teams. The San Francisco Giants were struggling enough. They didn't like playing in Candlestick. They thought they might go there. There was talk of the Twins. There was talk, I think, briefly of the White Sox. There were some others, right? But they built the stadium, but they built it when they built it, meaning that stadium is from 1986 or 7 or right, something. Right, is not modern anymore. Right. So when you say Metrodome, that was modern in 1986. <laughs> makes sense now. Right. So, But they just have never changed it. Uh, from the outside, it looks like a spaceship that landed sort of not on its side, but sort of cockeyed, like a little, you like know. It's kind of sank into the mud a little bit. Yeah, yeah it landed <laughs> and kind of, you know. Um, so it doesn't look level. And then on the inside, you've got all that stuff with the with the catwalks. Everything is super sterile. Uh, and, and on top of it, and, and again, this is, you know, I don't know. Maybe this is offense to the fans in Tampa. I'm not trying to be offensive. But I'm sure the fans are passionate, but I'm sure they agree with you about a lot of the stuff about Tropicana Field. And 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 the other part is that the Tropicana Field is in the middle of St. Petersburg. So your geographic layout is Tampa is the main city in the market. To get from there, if you were downtown working nine to five and you want to go see the Rays play, you have to go across this long, like five mile bridge into St. Petersburg and then 20 minutes down into the city of St. Petersburg. Oh, geez. It's nowhere near 70% of the population base of Tampa Bay. Attendance would probably be bad anyway because Florida and retirees and transplants, right? Yeah. But then you add this distance in, it's the thing that killed Montreal, too. Olympic Stadium's 30 minutes from downtown Montreal. Hmm. Like, that was part of the problem. People wouldn't go out there. So, anyway, that all of that it goes on at this stadium. So, tonight, when you see 13,500 people for a Rays Brewers game that doesn't make any sense to you, that's why. Yeah, I don't blame them because, I mean, they definitely need a new state. I was just curious because you and I, we we are like one of the few who like just love to travel to different ballparks mm-hmm. and like we'll go out of our way to visit some of these other stadiums. But like that one is the one where I'm like, I'm good. I'll pass. I'll just go to you know Marlin the Marlin Stadium, and then I'll just skip Tropicana Field. It's tw- it, if we ranked them, uh, my wife and I would rank that one 29 out of 30. Maybe we'll do that for draft mockery one of these days. Dr- Dr- like we'll MLB do the be- we'll do the best and the worst stadiums. One of the, you know maybe we'll split it up into two days because, I, like I mean yeah. I feel bad for Wander Franco. You know this this phenomenal talent for the Tampa Bay Rays just has to play his career in that stadium for the most part. And and, and they've got a great manager and a great philosophical base. Uh, you know the analytics yeah. and all that stuff. They're a successful franchise on the field. Everything else that happens when you go off that field is a disaster. It's so bad. Yeah. It's just and and yeah, you feel bad because it it will be difficult for them to retain if they ever get to a point where they make money mm-hmm. enough money to retain free agents and pay them big contracts. Nobody's wanting to go on play there, yeah. right? All right, we got a little off topic, but sorry, I, I sorry. figure we we would talk about that because it is one of those things that when you watch this game, you're gonna be like, oh yeah, that's right, we're playing in like one of the worst stadiums in all of baseball, if not the worst. But yeah, real quick before we hit a break, and then we'll dive into some more Brewers talk. Um, if you guys did not hear, about an hour ago, Brandon Woodruff, as we all figured, is reinstated from the 15-day IL. By the way, he was on uh, the latest podcast of Brewers Unfiltered with Adam McAlvey and Tim Dillard. came out today. It is a great listen. He talked about his rehab assignment in Wisconsin for the Timber Rattlers. That went, it went well for him like performance-wise, but he had to wear a different jersey. Because it was too big for him. He had to wear his home Brewers pants because the pants that they gave him were too tight. So just a hilarious story about his Timber Rattler rehab assignment and then also some other weird, wacky minor league stories as well. So definitely listen to that. But Brandon Woodruff is back. He's starting tonight. Colton Wong also reinstated from the 10-day IL. So he is back for the Brewers as well. 
Trevor Kelly optioned back to Triple A Nashville. And Kevin, we also have the lineup for today's game. Oh, here we go. Before we hit a commercial break for the Milwaukee Brewers, and we'll probably have the Tampa Bay Rays one in a couple minutes here as well. Leading off, as we all figured, Christian Yelich, but he'll be DHing tonight. Willie Adamas batting second at shortstop. Rowdy Telez in the third spot, batting at first or playing at first base. Andrew McCutcheon in left field, batting fourth. Batting fifth, he's back. Colton Wong at second base, okay. batting fifth for the Brewers. Kind of surprised. Luis Arias will be sixth in third base. Omar Narvaez behind the plate at catcher. He's batting seventh, batting eighth. Tyrone Taylor in center field. And Jace Peterson in right field, batting ninth. So we went, the, 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 this particular lineup council went lefty righty all the way down. I believe so, yeah. yeah. Yelich lefty, Adamas righty, Telez lefty, McCutcheon right. Yeah, believe so. Lefty righty all the way down. So he's keeping it balanced against these Rays pitchers because the Rays have a lot of talented pitchers in their in their bullpen. It's not just their rotation, but there's guys in that bullpen that can shut folks down. So they're going to make sure that uh, you can't bring in a lefty to face three lefties in a row, for example. That's yeah. strategic advantage on, on Craig Council's part. Okay, so that game is a little after six, a little more Brewers after the break. Let's talk about maybe what the Brewers might have to give up or what uh, what – level of prospect maybe would net you one of those big bats it's coming up after the break it is the fan afternoon show the fan afternoon show kevin holden cbs 58 stepping over here to 1250 a.m the fan you guys it's i've been in here for two and a half years a little over two years and i'm back for two days and it feels like i've never left and all right right it's just it we're just, we're just right at right at home just guys talking sports there's really nothing to it all that all there is is we're in the studio now yeah so which is good. I, I imagine the interaction is a is a really good thing. You have no idea, <laughs> because a lot of these I'm used to doing like shows when people are gone. You know, if it wasn't somebody in here, like I'm just so used to after COVID and all that, like having people on remote and then just talking to them like during breaks or like talking to them through the board. Like actually seeing somebody and hosting with somebody. Like I'm not, I'm going to be honest. This is kind of weird. It's a little weird. You're not used to it anymore. You could get actual reactions like in person to things, and it uh, it's something. Yeah, when. When uh, when we first got back from COVID, it was it was that way. At first, it was like, oh right, yeah, other other people, other situations. Like you, you know, you you do things in your workstations based on the fact that you work with other people. And then when that goes away, you have to remember, oh yeah, I can't just like leave all this stuff hanging around everywhere because there's other people here. So anyway, here in this in this studio together, we are talking brewers and we're talking prospects, Sam, because. To make this trade work, especially to get a bat that could get the Brewers' offense to a point where you'd like them, you got to give something up. Absolutely. And you're not giving up some top-notch starting pitcher. In fact, I would imagine the Brewers would like to not give up any starting pitchers. Right, because a lot of those guys we were talking about, even like a C.J. Crone, I'm sure the, the Rockies wouldn't want one of these guys currently in the Brewers' rotation. They'd want one of the younger guys in the, in the minor leagues that they could develop and all that. So, yeah. Brewers don't really have a lot of assets on the current roster that they can trade, so it's probably going to have to be prospects. Yep. I mean, there's your there's your answer. And so if that's the case, where does it go? Because you remember, Sam, you went through the early David Stearns era where it was all about that top 15 prospect list, and yep. everybody knew a whole lot of things about those young kids. Even before Stearns came in, I was sold on Lewis Brinson, Yep. even Brett Phillips, obviously, before yep. he came up and got traded, like... I talked myself into Orlando Arcia being like our our franchise savior and shortstop, the number one, the number one prospect in our organization. So I've had I've, I'm young, obviously, but I've gone through the phase of like talking myself into a lot of these prospects. And now, and now there's enough success at the big league level that it isn't necessary as a fan of the team to to know everything about all the top ten or fifteen names. But I think right now is a good time to know some things about uh, these, or to at least learn some things about these names. And you, you kind of go at different levels, right? In other words, if a team is looking for a prospect that's a little closer to big league ready, like a, a name Garrett Mitchell comes to mind right away. Double A at this point, right? Yeah. And playing for, for Biloxi. Dealt with some injuries this year, but yeah. I mean, yeah. Definitely probably the top one of the top batting prospects in the Brewers farm system. So that's a that's a name and, and one that uh I, I think teams might be interested in that you know the Service time clock hasn't started, but Mitchell was a little bit older because he came out from college instead of from high school into the draft. So that's that's one name. What else you got? We also have, I mean, currently right now I'm just looking at the Brewers' top prospects in their organization. 
it's funny though because we're so used to a lot of these guys being the top of the organization that were highly drafted and all that. Ethan Small is definitely the cream of the crop when it comes to the Brewers pitching right. prospects and all that. But a lot of these batters, aside from Garrett Mitchell, like a lot of them are kind of guys that you didn't really hear about until after drafted. Like Joey Weimer, not sure when he got drafted, but currently ranked the number two Brewers prospect and hitting a bunch of home runs, also in Double A. But certainly an entertaining prospect that I'm sure a lot of teams would want to have. Sal Freelick is currently the highest rated Brewers prospect, also in Double A as well for the Biloxi Shuckers. And the thing, the thing I see though is that these. Why I wanted to talk about this, and do you think there's an untouchable prospect? Because in my opinion, we were talking about this a little bit yesterday. This, this is the window right now for the Brewers to win the World Series. This two four, to four year window. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sorry, but. Sal Free, like Joey Weimer, even a Garrett Mitchell, Bryce Terang, who a lot of these guys are also blocked by a lot of the guys in the current roster right now. Like a lot of these outfielders, where are you going to put them? Right. Unless you get rid of Tyrone Taylor or something like that. McCutcheon's got a one year deal, but Yelich and Renfro are going to be there. And then Bryce Terang, I mean, you got Willie Adamas and Luis Arias. Yeah. So and Colton Wong, maybe for another year. So I don't know what you do with him. But I think a lot of these guys, like, they aren't going to help in this three to four year window. Right. And as much as I would love to keep an Ethan Small, I mean, at the end of the day, we were talking about also the Brewers kind of have like a six-man rotation already going into next year if everyone's healthy. So where do, where do you fit an Ethan Small? So a lot of these guys, I'd love to keep like Small especially, but I'm sorry, but if, it's get, if, if it means getting that one guy, I'm willing to trade anybody and everybody. Nobody in the Brewers farm system, in my opinion, is untouchable. Right. There's not... Because a lot of these guys, yeah, we talk about they're the top prospect in the Brewers organization, but you talk about other organizations and farm systems, these guys are like maybe 80 in the top 100. They don't they don't sniff like the top 50. Right. So they're not really like super highly touted prospects. So you might have to string together two or three yeah. to get the guy you want, uh, which is fine. I mean, like, like you said, I the, the makeup of this current Brewers team and the idea of what this Brewers team will have going forward in a year or two or three means there's not one spot where you panic over a certain, I guess maybe that's the advantage of being mediocre on offense right now, is that you, so well, if you lose so-and-so, it's fine, right? Like, you, you know, if, it, if that's what happens, then that's what happens. Yeah. But it's not, there, there isn't some massive hole in that offense that's coming that has to be filled by one of these guys where they got to be, a, you know, the first baseman of the future. Yeah. Well, I mean, and the thing is, too, like when you DFA Kane, usually on a lot of other teams, like that's the opportunity for a top prospect to come in and finally, you know, select his contract and start his uh, service time. Right. But they went with Jonathan Davis, guy who's kind of been in the majors already, is a little older. So that just kind of goes to show, like, they don't have a guy that's, like, ready right now and they think is willing to contribute to this team that can hit their peak in the next – because a lot of these guys, too, if they come up, it's going to take about two to four years for them to get accustomed to the major league level. Right, and they and the, the thing the Brewers need is offensive help in 2022, <laughs> yeah. not 2026. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of these guys, like, I'm willing to trade not only just one of them, but if it means getting that guy and outbidding a lot of these teams because that's the thing about this trade market, too, because there's not a lot of guys, that means – it may not seem like it compared to the guys last year, but the the prices for the bidding wars are probably going to be even more competitive than they were last year. Yeah, I agree with that. So a lot of these teams, like for the Chris Bryants and Anthony Rizzo's, like, okay, well, let's just go to the the teams that have some of the top prospects in all of baseball, like the Yankees, who are just stockpiling guys because they didn't need them, right. but they had top prospects. So you're going to have to probably sacrifice three to four prospects for maybe one or two guys. But in my opinion, I'm willing to do it because, like I said, I mean – if it means getting a World Series in the next two years, especially with Hater under contract, if it means getting a World Series sooner than later, absolutely. Because I'm sure a lot of Brewers fans, they don't care about getting ready, getting getting excited for whenever after you have to pay Corbin Burns. Like they care about now, like this window. Right. This is the time. And yeah. if you, the other thing about it, and this is why I'm one of the many reasons I am not a major league general manager, but. I've always been of the opinion that when you're trading prospects for established current players, you're trading unknowns for knowns. I feel like that's a benefit almost every time. Now, yeah, you get some situations like where the Rays get Randy Rosarena and he becomes a superstar. That can't yeah. happen. But just as often, you trade guys you know, that, that don't become stars in exchange for something you know that can help you out. We were talking about this, too, a while ago, like, 
we're trying to think, has there ever been, in the David Stearns era, has there ever been a prospect that they've traded away that you're like, oh, man, look at this guy now? I'm, like, a true yeah. prospect. Because, like, Mauricio Dubon, we were very excited about. I mean, he hasn't really turned into much. Mm-mm. You can talk about assets that they traded away, like guys who've been in the majors, like a Jesus Aguilar sure. and, and a G-Man Choi even. But, yeah. like, from, the, from guys that were developed in this farm system, I can't think of any. Trent Grisham was great, but... I mean, he's batting like just barely on the Mendoza line right now. So, I mean, that's what you're talking about too. Like a lot of these guys that you may think are top prospects, like when they come up to the majors, I don't think you're really going to miss them all that much. Yeah, that's that's really it, right? I can't, like we were trying to think about this, and like Trent Grisham was probably like the biggest one. Yeah, but even he didn't really pan out or turn into like something that you wish you still had. Like Drew Rasmussen was picked from the Orioles system and had to go through multiple surges. Like, yeah, he's great now, but he's not somebody that the Brewers were spending years on developing. No. So I don't think a lot of these guys, like the Sal Freelix, Joey Weimers, Garrett, Garrett Mitchell, maybe maybe may the guy that you may be like, ah, I kind of wish we didn't do that. But I don't know. Like Ethan Small is probably the closest thing that like, if you trade him, okay. Like, yeah, you'll probably wish that you had him in a couple of years. He's polished because he had the time in college at Mississippi State. Yeah, like he can help a he can help some major league rotations today. But a lot of these guys are going to be used as chips, and I'm sure getting that one guy at the trade deadline, if that guy actually pans out and doesn't turn into like a Jonathan Scope, I'm sure will end up being worth the price for the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah. So there you go, Rockies. If you're listening, we got some yeah. prospects, and you got a CJ. Let's do it. Let's do it. What do you say? Moneyball. <laughs> let's, let's make this thing happen. Uh, Vinny Rotino is going to help us make this thing happen on the other side of the break. This is the Fan Afternoon Show. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 